Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, welcome to the podcast, Father John. And? The one and only. Heyo! Father Natty Ice. What's going on, peeps? Nathan Goebel. I know you're expecting to hear a little chirper. I know. Well, Father Mike Rab, but yeah, Polly Bleeker's uh, teenage voice or the lavish uh, radio voice of Father Michael O'Loughlin. Yep. Nope. Is it actually O'Loughlin? I think we've talked about this before. It's O'Loughlin. He's in the room. Yep. There he is. He's nodding. Yes. Yep. Well, we are uh, uh, oh. back in the man cave. He just here. walked in. He just walked in with the thing of Hostess Donuts. <laughs> like I said, chocolate yeah. covered. I, I know. Uh, I have poor eyesight, but I could tell that from a mile away. He could smell it in the kitchen. Mm. What are these called? Donuts. Donuts. Yep. Okay. Speaking of food. If there's one thing that obese people know, it's the name of their donut. Can we we talk about food for a second? We need to. We need to talk about Sour Patch Kids. We need to set boundaries, folks. We have a problem. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's called intemperance. Yep. And we are receiving... Like dozens of packages now of we have like pounds and pounds of sour patch kids. With the dawn of Amazon Prime, you can click it and send it in moments, which we are very grateful for. We don't want to express ingratitude. No, but we have a official podcast dentist, my friend Doctor Greeny. Isn't that a perfect dentist name, Doctor Greeny? Doctor Greeny, and he said, uh, "Great, great guys, great job on the podcast, guys." By the way, and he was joking. He's like, "Sour patch kids are going to destroy your teeth." You just said you were joking, but we're trying to make a point. Sorry, we wasn't joking. It was very serious. Very serious. So, we'd like you to send us donuts now. Oh, if only. (laughs) No. If only. Just bourbon is always, always appreciated. Apparently, bourbon is good for your teeth, according to three out of four dentists. Dr. Greeny. Well, I'll check that with Dr. Greeny when I get back to, you know, going to the dentist. Uh, When we talked about the watermelon little big league chew, Mm -hmm. if you remember, I received 90... Two packages of 92 packages of watermelon big leech. Right. Some of which we gave to the Catholic Bites guys as a peace offering, but they didn't they didn't they didn't bite. Our Our offering did not find favor with them. It did not. But we appreciate that. Yeah, I I loved it. I definitely enjoyed it. The Sour Patch Kids. But uh I walked in and I said, Oh shoot, John, I forgot those Sour Patch Kids that somebody else sent. And then sure enough, uh, when I walked in on the on the table, there was another box that was sent to Father Michael of Sour Patch Kids. I know. So, so thank you for the Sour Patch Kids. We've hit a uh, threshold now, and uh, right. we have to hold off on the... Uh, Halloween is coming, but I don't think priests normally give candy right. for Halloween. Probably not the best idea. Probably not the best idea. You know, but uh, we can give little shooters of bourbon out, I guess that would be... You know. That's an even worse idea. <laughs> we, uh, speaking of bourbon... Uh, I would like to thank our Texas friends. Okay, yeah. I'll get there. Just oh, wait a second. I, I'm just saying. We, so we're drinking this Texas. If you listen is, to the I last... see the bottle here. It's Garrison Brothers. If you Ooh. listen to the last podcast, we give a shout out to all of them. But Father John was not on that podcast, if you remember. So here he goes. I'd like to give a shout out apology. This is probably the first time ever. A shoutology. A shoutology to Maria Gagliardi. Maria Galliano. <laughs> Galliano. So Maria Galliano... And I were able to meet at the Red Rocks. They were able to meet at Gregory and Isaacoff. How do I say this correctly? It, I wasn't in my best form. It wasn't his best form. It wasn't my best night, and I was extremely embarrassed. So I'm sorry, Maria. I got uh, I got bushwhacked. 
That's what I was told. He got bushwhacked. Uh, he didn't know that he was supposed to be meeting somebody. And uh, he had that wide-eyed look of, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. So anyways, Maria Gagliardi, I'm sorry about that. Maria Galliano. Galliano. I apologize. Thank you for the bourbon. And I got a nice uh, email from her friend Paula. Who actually sent the bourbon, apparently. Who actually sent the bourbon. So yeah. They were very smart. They told me, this is an interesting thing, do not leave uh, bourbon or like something with a cork either in the refrigerator or freezer or your car hmm. because the cork can pop and uh, you'll have a mess. Yeah. There you so, go. There you we go. learn things every day. Paula Flores was the name. Paula Flores. Paula Flores. And these are all friends of Mary McGeehan. I don't know if you know Mary. She was a focus missionary. Mm-hmm. The, uh, she followed your glorious round at uh, Mines a couple years ago. She also was the the girl that set up the Theology on Tap. That's right. Mary. Okay, Very folks, kind people. Thank you, uh, our Texas friends. We really appreciate thank you. it. Yes. Thank you. And Maria Galliano. Galliano. Um, the, uh, the Texas glasses, as I said, are still at my rectory. I should have brought them here. We used them last night. We used them last night. They are getting used. They are getting used. They're not just shoved in some cabinet. The other thing is, folks, if you understand, okay, there's a donut. That is about the size of like a man's hand, okay? Um, A donut is the size of an infant's hand. A Texas-sized donut, if you've ever had one, is approximately the size of uh, like a, a volleyball cut in half. One time I ate... A Texas donut, an apple fritter, and an entire quart of chocolate milk while I was working for Pepsi. Wow. And passed out in the back of a, <laughs> uh, a semi-truck trailer. Um, that is funny. But I'm noticing that um, Father John is showing extreme temperance because he's actually taking little bites of his donut. <laughs> he's only he's eating it little bites at a time. So some well, of us... I'm actually drinking my bourbon, unlike yours. Some of us have intemperance. No. Other, I'm eating little bites because it's disgusting to listen to guys eat while they're talking into a microphone. Listen, did, were, was Father Mike and I eating? No. I've been listening to Sour Patch I know. for the last few months. Exactly. Well, speaking of food, the uh, I'm expecting to have a heart attack at any moment this weekend. Oh, my gosh. Because of a breakfast we had camping. Yes, was that yesterday? Was it really? Yeah, yesterday Crazy. morning. So we went camping up Kenosha Pass, the secret campsite, which secret. everybody knows about, but we thought it was a secret for like five years. Secret. And uh, get up there, and my friend uh, who did the all, did a great job planning all the food, oh, brought no. everything up, but forgot the eggs. Which brought everything except the <laughs> eggs. So we had meat for breakfast. We had meat tacos, meat burritos for breakfast. Bacon. Bacon. Cooked over the fire. Sausage. There may have been a fire ban, but we cooked it over the fire. Mea culpa. Sausage. Bacon sausage. Polish sausage. German sausage that we had the night before, but we had some leftovers. Ah, uh, yeah. De Wurst. De Wurst. And then some potatoes and cheese. And potatoes and cheese, which we didn't have any vegetable oil. And if you know anything about hash browns, you should put down a, a small layer of oil at the bottom of the pan before you cook right. the potatoes. And we didn't have that, so we used... The bacon grease. The bacon grease. Which we poured from the bacon pan on, yes. on the fire and we, into the potatoes. It was, it was I said, amazing and disgusting. I said, John, approximately two tablespoons. There was probably a quarter cup of bacon grease on the top and a quarter cup on the bottom. Because yeah, you have to do it twice. You know, it's these things. Tablespoons don't really mean anything to me. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 
it was, I could feel my heart like beating slower and slower. <laughs> well, we'll try and pause it if, if either of us do have a heart attack here in the next uh, 20 minutes or so. We also had a hot debate over uh, how long this podcast is going to go. So, and we're not going to make fun of our friends for not liking the banter, correct? Yeah. We're not going to make fun of them. I'm not going to say anything. We're not saying anything. We're just going to banter. And then, uh oh. What? He said, Polito. (laughs) Don't say the name. We're already in trouble. So, we, uh, our friends, I think that was a great insight from our friend Olaf over there that, uh, the, um, that our friends hate the banter because they get stuck with banter all the time. Yeah, they if have, you don't if yeah. you don't know us, then you're fine with the you know yeah with the banter. So I would agree, and you know, sorry, sorry. So well, it's like living. What were the, who are the people on the the what is it? K Love Morning Show, Sherry and John Rivers. Sherry and John. I mean, anybody that knew Sherry and John, they had to listen to their banter, right? And then they're like, I know Sherry and John. You know, I, I'm going out to I'm going out to have wine with them. I'm going to swap bourbons here because you're not touching your. Shut up! Come on. Okay, so you want to get into a topic here? The uh, whose idea were these huge ice balls? By the way, uh, Mary Nepple. Who had them first? I think my mom. I think she did. They're amazing. And then, and then somebody got it's me little, one for my Christmas present. Yeah, very nice. <clears throat> Anyways, are we on to the topic now? Sure. Do we have a gentle segue into it? Has anything we said related to the to the topic? Father John has kept this topic secret from me because either A, he doesn't want me to pre-think about it, or he just wants uh, me to be totally caught off guard and say something stupid that he can make fun of. Exactly. So it's, it's the latter. It's actually both. But... Um, the topic is not really a topic. It's more of a conversation. Okay. I just want to have a conversation. That now, means he hasn't researched. That's right. normally my topic. Right. But this is what I really want to do is bring an argument we had a couple weeks ago, and we'll just record it while we continue the conversation. Really? And this is even more interesting because of a certain guy sitting in the room over there. No way. The... I go to your in-laws' house for Thanksgiving. You come to my in-laws' house for Christmas. That's not what we agreed on. That is... I can't deal with this. We're going to fight later. Okay, you ready? Here's the topic. You're not going to do this. Success is not one of the names of God. Okay. Okay, good. I was... (laughs) We've had... John and I have a number of arguments, so if he was going to bring in a number of other arguments, it was going to be really uncomfortable. Are you sure it's not Gagliardi? I thought it was Galliano. That's the football. Gagliardi's the football coach, the famous football coach from St. John's. Anyways, that's Minnesota. You're from here from Illinois. Whatever. So, oh, speaking of Sour Patch Kids, last shout out on Sour Patch Kids, and then I promise we'll get started. You're doing this gross. Stop now, uh, Mike. I had a couple of cousins get married last summer. Fortunately, not to each other. The um, but the first one was Sarah Barger, Lions Mane, aka Lions Mane, Lions Mane, who married a great guy named Mike and during the rehearsal dinner Mike was honoring he actually did a really good job of this he instead of like um, I don't know how people usually do this but he honored all of his groomsmen and kind of gave him a funny gift and kind of made fun of him but it was he did really well but then he hands me a Sour Patch Kid pack in front of the whole family on behalf of the podcast so that was officially the last I've received of the of the load that we have thank you so thank you to them yep okay back to success Success is not one of the names of God. Success is not one of the names of God, but success is one of those things that kind of works its way into the human heart and into certain 
podcasts. You see where we're going with this? The trap, the bear claw. You see the bear trap? Yeah. It's sitting right here. Go ahead and put your foot in it. I'm so happy because I'm a gummy bear, gummy bear. So. Yeah, I see the bear trap. As long as you see the bear trap. Now. I don't. We're going to do this. <laughs> All right. So we, here's the backstory. We are surprised by the success, in quotes, of this podcast, right? Yes. We start, I don't know why we started it. I don't know what we expect. I don't think we had any expectations. You and Mike. Mike and I. And uh, we're at a point where we're like, wow, this is actually uh, helping people. And for many years, I used to say, I don't know why anybody listens to this podcast. And that was very offensive to people. So we're not saying that. We're happy people listen. You still say that. Try not to say that. Okay. But then we're at Chaos Pizza a couple weeks ago, having our one-year, one-hour meeting that somebody could not pay attention for. That is not true. Uh, according to certain studies... Back me up, Olo. People... Olo. He's laughing. Yeah, that, he's that's laughing. That's a sign of approval. Yeah, I was paying attention. According to studies, RBF, otherwise known as resting bee face, yes. is, a, is a clinical condition. Yeah, well, we need and, to get you some meds. And when it, comes, when it comes to certain meetings, I just rest in sort of, okay, I'm listening. I'm trying to listen intently. Whatever else. He thinks the whole time that I'm upset, that I'm angry, whatever. I'm like, I'm just listening. I just look like this. I just look like this. <laughs> you have a particular meeting face. Anyways, the conversation is actually interesting. And the question then becomes... We have an audience member, folks. I just wanted to let you know, the privacy has been intruded upon by <laughs> Father Michael Lachlan, who's just giggling like a little schoolgirl in the corner. Because so, he, he knows that I was... I was... I was Listening. I was listening. Listening. Yeah, right. So the the question then becomes, you know... At our meeting at Chaos. And there's a tension that we're all talking about because the point of the podcast is not to have a podcast. The the podcast is really the fruit of uh, a common life, right? Of a family, of a really kind of dysfunctional priestly family. But we love each other in the dysfunction. And so the question becomes, how do you keep a Catholic thing like this? you know, some kind of apostolate or whatever you want to call the word. How do you keep it from becoming dominated by a notion of success and not equating success with fruitfulness? That's This is where I want to go with this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the questions. So I'm bringing, bringing our listeners into the conversation we're having. Because the, in yeah. the logic of the world is you just grow this thing out. You just, you know, blow it up, blow it up, blow it up. But then it becomes... It loses its feel. There's something about this that we... So in this conversation over over lunch, which was a good one, what we were seeing was we're all kind of dealing with the tension of how do you hold to the the kind of the integrity of the project, which is this family thing that's really never been that organized and never been intending on being successful. It's not a business. It's not an operation or something like that. And then at the same sense, being faithful to maybe what God wants to do with it, something like that. Mm-hmm. But we live. I, I'm amazed coming back to the United States at the corporate mentality that can work its way into the church. We talk about this a lot. Yes. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not in, in Europe, certainly not in Italy, but th- they have their own problems. But this is just a very American thing, and I think it comes out of the, the evangelical tradition. You know, I don't think it's out of the liberal Protestant denominations. I think it's a phenomenon of the last 30 years that you take the business model, you apply it to right. the church, and then you grow things. Corporate America. And it becomes, yeah. as Garansky used to call it, Catholic Jesus. Church 
Inc. Uh, yeah, Jesus Inc. Jesus Inc. Yeah. So we want to avoid Jesus Inc. And there's nothing wrong with the business world, but the logic of the, and the, the ways of the business world can't necessarily dominate um, the way by which we, we go about this. Okay. So this is the tension in parish life. This yes. is the tension in podcast life, everything that we're facing. And it's a really difficult one. Mm-hmm. But the more important thing is when it works its way into the specific spiritual life of the Christian. You know what I mean? Because yes. it's one thing if we're kind of working on this thing together and trying to discern how do you move this thing. Um, but then when you get into a mode of relating to God in terms of success, which is just so deeply, I think, rooted in us, that's when you start to get in trouble. And mm-hmm. that's kind of the more important thing, I think. Two thoughts. One, um, thinking back on uh, popularity um, and kind of the high school, you know, kind of junior high, high school, am I up, am I down, where's my stock, who am I, what's my kind of brand, um, you know, trying to be sort of a niche market even within the the, the small structure, the small economy of, you know, high school, like there was a part of me that was like, no, I, I want to have some kind of of uh um yeah success i want to be important i don't want to be a nobody i want to be a somebody and it was funny i was listening to father garonsky's last spiritual direction with me so this is kind of important you know Mm. and he quoted to me the line from the godfather where um after uh michael discovers that fredo in the second godfather was the one that betrays him um Fredo comes to him and says, why do I have to listen to you? You're my kid brother. You're the one who I should be telling what to do. I'm smart. People should pay attention to me. And it's like, this is part of human nature. Right. It's part of human nature to feel like I want to be better than this guy um, so that in some ways, like, uh, I can at least say um, I, I've done something right, you know? You don't have to be the fastest guy. You just got to outrun the slowest guy to outrun the bear. You know, that's the first point. Would you agree with that? Like did you that. have yeah, your, no, did no. you have your own little nope, niche I got, market? I got, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. we all did. Yeah. You were what? Lax bro slash hockey boy. <clears throat> I don't want to get into this. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's divert from this. <laughs> my high school was kind of a disastrous uh, yeah. run through some, these two, my friends in the room here. Stayed very virtuous through high school. I did not. That is not true. Well, that more. It, he did. He was like, well, I guess not. <laughs> now that I think about some of the uh, stories. But you guys had a baseline, like, social virtue, kindness, like, basic ethic. I'm like, uh, you were good people still. Yeah, I was a really horrible human being. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. All right. I'll grant that. Okay, folks, if you're if you're taking notes at home, he's a horrible. I'm not yeah. saying you are now. Yeah. But you guys were, you know. Think of a different choice for your godfathers. I'm going to eat my John donut. Fraker. Eat um, my donut. Anyways. Uh, Don't you talk about Evelyn like that. I will say, I will say, uh, there was a friend in my life, there was a friend in my life that took me to task because at a certain point in my life, I no longer like kind of moved in certain circles and, you know, they were good people, you know, friends, whatever. Um, but they, she could tell that I was starting to uh, uh, strive for popularity. Hmm. I was starting, I was changing because I was, I was hanging out with different people and I was, I was important or whatever else. I didn't think that I was doing that, but she picked up on something, you know. Um, so even if you're like, 
not doing the whole kind of vice thing, there's still something in us that longs for recognition. Maybe that's the word. Right. Recognition, and I'm different, and um, I have my own kind of individuality, and I'm either better than this person or whatever else. I don't know. Uh, or I'm different from this person, but sometimes we ascribe a value to that. You know. Right. The second thing is this. When the apostles return from being sent out two by two, they return back to Jesus and they say, um, uh, even the demons are subject to us because of your name. And he says, do not rejoice because the demons are subject to you. Namely, do not rejoice because you're having success. Rejoice rather because your names are written in heaven. Right. You know? Um, well, I, that's a success. In a way, but the victory is not ours. The victory is Christ's that we're actually coming in on the, the, the tail end on. So what is the kind of success that we want to have? Even Mother Teresa experienced tremendous success and vitality in her lifetime, seeing the flourishing of her order, getting to all of these countries, and knowing that she had kind of founded something that was doing good work, but somehow she didn't allow that success to take away from uh, her mission, which was, I'm doing God's work. Right. And I think that's the key. And I want to come back, I want to circle back to that in just a minute here. The uh, So the high school thing and this whole thing about success and even the apostles' education that we see happening, Christ trying to kind of educate them into the logic of the Trinity, presupposes that if success is not one of the names of God, then it's proper, the, the logic of success, this kind of thing, if it's not an attribute of God, then it would be in some way an effect of the fall, the logic itself. Success is an effect of the fall. You mean like the vice of success? An because effect. I'm just saying, think about high school. Go back to high school for a second. You want to be successful. And I'm kind of dealing with this. Let me, let me explain a little backdrop personally here. You know, I'm doing these graduate studies in Rome, and I came back to Denver, and everybody looks at me like, well, you're like, you know, you must be really, you must be like the next level, you know, because you got chosen for this. And I'm like, I didn't get chosen for this. I was a terrible parochial vicar and they needed somebody to study more theology. And I like reading books. So, but you see it, you see, it's like, well, you're, you're going somewhere, you know, and they mean it well, but I'm like, I don't want to go anywhere. I want to go back to Denver. I want to go back to the parish, you know, you know, whatever they need. But that kind of thing, if I start going into that, which I do sometimes, Thinking, well, you know what? That is right. Maybe I am. Maybe I am a successful priest. If you start thinking like that, what I'm saying is that's fundamentally wrong. Mm, yeah. Because that that as a category, and I think we understand that. You know, successful priests. That's a dangerous thing. It's well, a very dangerous thing. But what do you do with John 15, where Jesus says, "You go and bear fruit that will abide." Like actually bear fruit. What do you do with the, you know, in Luke 48? That so was, that's that was the, a joke. Uh, where Jesus says, okay, you have this steward that goes out and he, he makes, you know, f- takes 20 talents and he makes 40 talents right. or whatever else. I mean, like, what are we supposed to do with that? So what's the difference between success and fruitfulness? That's the question. Hmm. And one of the most acute examples of this, and I'm not going to go into this, but I just want to put it on the table. The million times we get asked the question, what do you think of Pope Francis? You know? And the question is, is this a successful pontificate? You hear all the different things. And again, we're not going into this. But the the answer I usually say is, history judges popes, Catholics don't. Right. But it seems to me that 
a successful yeah. pontificate, <clears throat> just like a successful anything in terms of if we're talking about success qua fruitfulness, not necessarily the logic of the world, it would be the increase of faith, hope, and charity. Yeah. Actually, I say the same thing to people. I'm like, wisdom is vindicated by her works. And so if if there is wisdom in whether it's this podcast or, you know, not to compare with Pope Francis, um, but, you know, even uh, studies, pastorate, whatever else, well, I mean, you'll have to look at the, the fruits. Look, you have to look at the works. What yeah. actually comes about from this? Right. And, I, and so our beloved deceased, who we always talk about, Father Raymond Goronsky. Yes. When he left the seminary, do you remember the final words of his letter? Nope. May we all be configured to the glorious failure of our Lord Jesus huh, Christ. Yeah. The glorious failure. So I was thinking about that, and then I came across a Ratzinger quote buried in his long theology of the liturgy collected works. That's a good volume. It's a good volume. Here's what he says. Let me read this. This is a little long, but this is, this is where we get the, the phrase, success is not one of the names of God. Here he goes. Did Jesus fail? Well, he certainly was not successful in the same sense as Caesar or Alexander the Great. From the worldly point of view, he did fail in the first instance. He died almost abandoned. He was condemned on account of his preaching. The response to his message was not the great yes of his people, but the cross. From such an end, we should conclude that, quote, success is definitely not one of the names of God, and that it is not Christian to have an eye to outward success or numbers. God's paths are other than that. His success comes about through the cross and is always found under the sign. It is not the church of the successful people we find impressive. Let me say that again. It is not the church of the successful people that we find impressive. What strengthens our faith, what remains confident, what gives us hope is the church of the suffering. Mm. Bam. Ratzinger. So I think what we're going back to and what you were pointing to already was if you want to move away from this logic of worldly success, and it, it, it's fine. It's fine to have, like, good websites and have, like, functioning parish offices. You know what I mean? Like, so many Catholics are so frustrated with the church because of basic, you know, incompetencies that they see, which could be rendered better. And I think a lot of people coming out of the business world have a justified frustration to say, can you guys just get your act together, please? Like, please, can you just respond to emails? <laughs> oh, keep, sorry, using, keep using examples. Just other there. examples, you know, but... Uh, but as long as we measure that everything against the criteria of the cross and back into the life of Jesus, I think we're fine. But I think that it's what Ratzinger was pointing to here is something really important. And it goes back to a, a very particular thing in the American culture, which comes out of the, I think, the Anglo-Saxon and even the German culture. So yeah. when I look at the Christian cult of success, as I would call it, it's really rooted in Luther's understanding of grace and nature and of his kind of work ethic. And so we're, it's developing. It's not just like American corporate thing. That has its own flavor, but it's really coming out of a, um, a false dialectic between grace and nature and the, the false dialectic between the, the law and the gospel. I would also equate it with the health and wealth gospel. Right. That the way in which you can tell that a success, that a Christianity or a form of Christianity is successful is by the look of its members. Right. Are they clean? Are they, you know, just like they appear happy? Do they have, you know, excess wealth to give to others? I mean, I was telling you the other day that somebody told me once that, uh, or no, I was telling Father Jason Wunsch, uh, a friend of mine told me that the 
number of people with Jesus fish on their checks are the ones that most frequently bounce. Like, they worked in a restaurant, and they're like, anytime I see a check with a Jesus fish on it, I'm like, I don't know if this one's going to go through, you know? Well, I mean, some of those people maybe live in paycheck to paycheck. Right. So are they not good Christians? Right. Because like they haven't they haven't made a lot of money or they haven't become like super important, you know? So I think I think it's related to that. Right. And I think that the um yeah, the whole thing of like will Christianity make you more successful? Will it make you a better person? Like mm-hmm. the, that you start going down that path. Yeah. What is this going to do for me, you know? Uh what am I going to get out of this? Yeah. And then people in the world look at look at us and they think, "Well, what are you doing? Um what's the point of it?" And it's like I didn't do this because it would round out my, you know, high school, you know, we didn't have a curriculum vitae. What do you have? Just like my, for my, my college my resume, yeah. my resume, you know what I mean? But it kind of gets checked off as a, as a block. And then, and then you hear people talk about the way they relate to God and you think to yourself, there's something fundamentally wrong here. You mm-hmm. know, he shows up when I need him and he takes care of me. And it's always in reference to my ego first. And that's that's the, the crushing thing that has to die. And yeah. that's where the will of God becomes the priority. Mother Teresa, was she successful in the eyes of the world? Absolutely. Was she fruitful in the eyes of the church? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. What was the thing that led her? Well, I don't think it was any sort of calculation, whether a, a, a Christian ethos around um, fruitfulness or just a secular one around success. I think it was just the will of God. She yeah. just got on her knees, she prayed every day, and, and she responded to the will of God. And I think that that's, that's really what this has to be. I was looking at our friend Father Dave Nix's uh, website, Padre Peregrino. Peregrino. Yep. And he just did a little thing on obedience, and I like this. He quoted Padre Pio saying this. He said, obedience is mission. And then uh, Pio says, where there is no obedience, there is no virtue. Where there is no virtue, there is no good. Where there is good wanting, there is no love, there is no God. Where God is not, there is no heaven. So everything begins in obedience as mission, obedience to the will of God. And that, I just spent a week on silent retreat. Uh, leading the spiritual exercises. And what's the point of the spiritual exercises is to free us from all inordinate attachments Yes. so that we can be more indifferent, not in the sense of blissed out. Um, what's a good translation of Galassonite? We always talk about it. Uh, apathy. Yeah, apathy. It's not, yeah, it's not an absence of desire. It's a, it's a holy indifference. It's a, it's a loving indifference. I choose, I mean, so St. Ignatius would say, I choose neither a long life nor a short life, neither riches nor poverty, Neither success nor failure. Right. Like I, I want to do whatever would most please God. Right. I my will is totally um, disposed to choosing His will, and I will delight in that rather than in my own preference. Right. I read Balthazar recently calls it existential pliability. Hmm. I like that, mm-hmm. and I think that's a condition for fruitfulness for true Christian quote success. Mother Teresa was an instrument of God because of she was because her soul was so pliable, and so if we can shift our spiritual lives from being the crushing feeling of I, I'm a failure and I'm terrible and I'm not a good Christian. I mean, I was feeling this today. I was praying about this this morning when we were in Holy Hour, slugging down my third cup of coffee because I'm like I'm a really bad priest, and I just was feeling like I am such a failure. But it's like. Why am I not thinking about Jesus right now? Why am I not like saying, how do I configure my heart more deeply hmm. that I can be grow an existential pliability today instead of thinking 
just the same old kind of woundedness of the human condition of feeling like I'm just never good enough. And then the crushing feelings of despair or self-hate or whatever comes from that, you know, that's the, we got to get out of that and we got to move back towards really focusing on the fact that Jesus, the content of Jesus's existence was the mission from the father Mm -hmm. and the obedience to that was the central act of his life. And that brought him to the cross and that did not bring him to the kingship. And his crucifixion was conditioned by the fact that he was not successful in the eyes of the world. Why was he killed? Why was he handed over by Christians? Why was he crucified? Because this does not make sense in the eyes of the world. We want you to be successful. Get behind me, Satan, he says to Peter. So he's radically, radically speaking against something that is just in the human condition. And again, I'm kind of just like feeling these ideas out there about, is this from the fall? What does that even mean? But there's something here that's disordered that I see in my own heart hmm. that we have to kind of work out of, we have to be discerning and pliable with everything we do from the parishes that we serve to my studies, to the podcast, to everything like that. Yeah. Father Mike just came back from uh, Fort Morgan, which is funny because he was with Marsha and Marsha thought they were going to Buena Vista, so which are two totally different worlds. Uh, so they were out in Fort Morgan. Mike was filling in for... Uh, a priest, and um, they watched the island. Have you seen the island? No. Really? Oh, man. I was. I almost asked Father Michael if he's seen it. Harumph! Here we the go. Moon. Got a new battery. New battery. <laughs> Congratulations. So they were watching the island, and one of the central themes of the island is this uh, monk keeps asking the question, kind of like a Buddhist koan, of why did Cain kill Abel? And if, if you're saying it's a result of the fall, that's interesting because from the very beginning, there is this idea of uh, a competition. Like he did not find favor. His offering did not find favor with God so that it's somehow like a statement on me. Right. And we did a podcast on this a while ago. It's, uh, I think it's on shame. Um, you and I did Brenna that. Brown. Brené. 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 <laughs> I think it was Jen Lozier that reminded us. It's it's uh, it's it's Brené, okay. Jen Lozier is a certified counselor in Seattle, Washington. It's pronounced Lozier. It's Lozier. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Is it really? No, I just. Oh, it dang. looks like loser. Anyways, that's why she's tough. That's why she's tough. Sorry. Uh, yes. So uh, we did a podcast on shame, and shame is in part like this this idea that I have this self image of myself that uh, I'm lesser than this other image of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not getting up to that. Um, in a way, like you have both shame and this ideal, in a way, a false ideal of success. So even that false kind of plateau that you're working towards could be this success that maybe you're not called to achieve. Right. I mean, I, I get this sometimes where it's just like, Forgive me, Father, like, I don't say my prayers. I'm like, how often are you praying? Right. And it's like, how many kids do you have? Right. And the point is, you you can't have this false ideal of yourself where it's like, I'm not hitting this, but I should be successful. Well, why? What does success look like? Why will Jesus be more pleased if you do this rather than the other? Right. So I think that I think the hard part for me is... There are times where I am unnerved 
and frightened, not just by the number of people that we're reaching, but by possibly the number of people that we're scandalizing that is true. Um, by our comments or by you know bad theology or whatever else, our example, our lack of virtue, we can go on and on. Um, I'm just speaking of Father John. Um, the, uh, but then also, like, there's a point where I hear about the fruitfulness of the podcast. Like, the, 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 the letter to me, like, there's been multiple letters, multiple emails. Like, Father Michael got an email from somebody after the Forgiveness podcast. Did we talk about that? Um, Father Michael got one from a listener who said that uh, she listened to the Forgiveness podcast and then went over to her brother's house to apologize and he was contemplating suicide at that wow. very moment. Yeah. And it was because of something we said on the podcast that only inspired her, but then she was able to say something. That was for Michael. For me, it's imagining, like, they sent me a picture around Christmas last year of this couple outside of Peoria, Illinois, um, who came into the church because of the podcast. And both of them went through RCIA, and they talked about how their daughter will be raised Catholic because of what we've done. Like, that to me, like, whenever I... Because st- I, I I mean, I'll be totally honest. I think about checking out. Right. Like, I, I'm i like, this is getting too big. Um, I'm not... I I don't think I can handle this. I think that it would be better if you guys just did it on your own. But then I start thinking about these people, you know, um, who convert their lives because of something simple that we say to them. And I'm like, how can I... How can I not just... Every couple weeks, come eat some Sour Patch Kids and drink some bourbon. I know it sounds hard. Um, and record. Why not? But if if it's just about, we're going to do this because we're going to be awesome. And we're going to kick butt. And all these people are going to have their lives converted. I do not want to deal with that. Right. Right. And, you know, part of it is with every, I'm sure, every sitcom, every movie, the big personalities, the neurotic big personalities, you got to pay them off. You got to give them the big bucks. You got to give them extra donuts while you know feed them these things. It's, it, Are you saying is... that I'm a prima donna? <laughs> I'm just joking, you know. The uh, I understand. I am the George. I am the George, George. of this podcast. Right. I would guarantee that. You called me Lloyd Braun recently. <laughs> <laughs> Serenity now. Why can't Nathan? you be more like Lloyd Braun? Insanity later. Okay. Do you have Do you have a, kind of a motivation? Do you have something that, like an email, a person that you've met? I, honestly, today, and I'll just to be a little disclosed, be able today. personally, I not exactly feeling like the best priest ever the last month for a number of reasons. And today we buried um, a very good young priest. He was yeah. thirty seven. His name is Father Stephen Voss. God rest his soul. Um, very a very fine young priest who had battled with cancer for decades. And I had a moment cut me to the cut me to the core today because we we processed out there was tons of priests there and um, we were all lined up and the the bell was tolling in the cathedral as they were bringing his body out and it was like as a priest it's weird because it's like this is exactly what my funeral will be like i will be in that casket it will be a bishop celebrating it will be all the priests lined up coming out of this exact place and that bell tolling and there's something about the bell that just shook me up to be like you got to get serious about holiness because okay. you're going to die and um, you're, you're making bad decisions and you're living in the same sins. And so anyways, that's where I was at today. And then I get back and I get this beautiful email from Paula Chavez, bourbon girl from Texas, friends with Maria Gagliardi. And I'm just like, you know what? Paula Flores. <laughs> Flores. The, uh, but it was like, a, it was, 
it was an extremely uh, encouraging and supportive thing yeah. to say. You guys are um, you're doing something really important, and just please persevere in it. And I was just like so grateful for that. And so I guess sometimes you think of fruitfulness as like things that we give, but a lot of times fruitfulness is about like it. It's um, we, it's we receive it as well. Yeah. Like the I don't. It's hard to explain. The fruits of the podcast are not just things that we kind of just dish out. You know kind of spiritual money that we kind of throw at people like we receive a lot from this yeah um, I would agree. and um and with the people we meet and these things so i'm grateful for that what i would say is first pray for the repose of the soul of father stephen voss uh he is and was a great man um and uh and he he lived a life of fruitfulness and success in the in the right way um and that was partially because of his suffering. Like right. he suffered silently and quietly and humbly um, because of his, you know, medical condition, but also because he was a virtuous man. Um, and then the second thing is pray for us that we would desire uh, that we would grow in indifference and desire that we would experience fruitfulness, but not success. Right. That the fruits of the podcast would be to God's glory and not our own. You know, like I I don't need more reasons to be vain. Exactly. I have I have amazing amazing mullet. Okay? <laughs> like I know that. Okay? Folks, I figured out his secret. He uses different shampoos and conditioners each day. Did you know that, Olaf? <laughs> We got to talk about this? Listen, dude. There was, I, went, I, I stayed at his house, and there was like 65 bottles of shampoo. There are and, and four. I was like, what, who, which man needs this many bottles of shampoo and conditioner? There are four. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. I don't. I use beard balm. It's ridiculous. Anyways, uh, no, you use one different, different, different times. There's something called buildup. How dare you? How dare? I bid you good day. Anyways, we threw him off. Olaf. So, yeah. So I know, folks. I'm taking my pastor portrait. In uh, by the time this podcast comes out, I will have taken my pastor portrait. I am secretly, and this is actually going to become known now because some of my parishioners listen. I am secretly delighting in the fact that there are four other priests before me, uh, great men uh, that were pastors, maybe five that were pastors before me. Um, at St. Joan of Arc, and then, but all of, none of them have beards, and none of them have long hair. And I'm so proud that, like, it will be like, you know, Rasby, Walsh, Kleiner, Gaines, Cow, and then Goble, and people will be like, who the heck is that guy? And they'll be like, man, 1965 was crazy. Oh, wait, no, he was the pastor in 2016. 2016, giggity. Giggity. Okay. So I don't have reasons to be vain, but I do have reasons to be fruitful, which means that if I am going to have, if we are going to have fruitfulness, if I'm going to have fruitfulness, if any one of us is going to have fruitfulness, we're going to have to suffer. Right. And I'm not telling you to pray for suffering. I got enough. But if we are supposed to... Um, experience pruning from the podcast from you know our own kind of uh pastoral lives um we need that because without that we're just looking for success we're just looking to grow wild and that's right not to bear fruit so the most powerless and 
quote unquote failures of our life are the opportunities for the greatest fruitfulness, I think, in Christ. And that's the whole point of it. Maybe we'd be glorious failures after our, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Shout outs, and then let's wrap this thing up before we hit 59 minutes. And I get... Okay, so I mentioned the uh, um, the Pat, uh, Tom Greeny, Dr. Tom Greeny. Yes. His wonderful family. You know where he's from? He's from Anaconda. Anaconda is the rival of Butte, Montana. Whoa. Watch it now. So wonderful, wonderful friends from Boulder, great podcast listeners. Uh, thank you for the wise say, sage advice to stop eating Sour Patch Kids so that we have teeth, at least for a couple more decades. We also have an official podcast brewer. Did you know that? Yes. What's his name? You're talking about the Deans? Oh, Garrett Dean. Yeah, Garrett Dean. So Garrett Dean has done now his second companion brew. The first one was Go Bale. Yep. Which I gave it the subtitle, Full of Body. Strong. Stronger than you'd like. Yep. And uh, and our friend Garrett, and we went over to his house and played street hockey with the kids and uh, brewed up the newest Companions Brew, which is called Apocalyptic Digression. Yep. Which is in honor of Father Mike's dissertation, which is what he's doing, Apocalyptic yes. Digression. And it's going to be a wonderful German dunkel um, and, and aged the, in a whiskey barrel. And the subtitle is? I forget. Nothing is concealed that will not be revealed. Very nice. So that's my I, shout I out to quote came up with that, but technically it's scripture. scripture. So that's that. Um, I I, sorry, I my phone's not working. I can't. You got nothing. Think of the first person that comes to mind. Well, uh, the the first person that came to mind was um, I think I don't know when exactly we're going. This will come out, but I think it'll definitely come out afterwards. So uh, I do want to give a shout out to Deacon. Daniel Usterman. Ah. Daniel Usterman will be a deacon on September 29th. September 29th, the Feast of the Archangels, and then his first Mass is on St. Jerome. Uh, I heard his outline for his homily, the first homily that he will give about four or five times. By the time this podcast comes out, he will have already given it. Fantastic. Um, Really proud of you. Uh, We had a wonderful year, or a summer. Summer. And um, I think part of that was because he was honest and receptive, and I was honest and receptive, and and both of us learned a lot, and uh, I'm really grateful for him. Yeah, so I am too. We had a great year together in Rome. And I mean, you have to understand how this came about. I was driving to a sick call, and I saw Chancery come over my phone. Now, that means any person in the Chancery. Now, it doesn't mean that I don't want to answer that phone, but I'm a little intimidated when I answer them. It could be the bishop. It could be the office of clergy. It could be, uh, you know, the the maintenance guys that says, you left your bravery. Okay? So I answer the phone, and I'm like, this is Father Nathan. And they're like, "Uh, we heard you just were made pastor of Joan of Arc. Would you be open to a seminarian? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And he's like, okay, you get Daniel Eusterman. I'm like, Yahtzee. Yahtzee. So uh, it was a great summer. So thank you. Good. That's a good shout out. That's all I got. Well, I have other shout outs that'll be on the next podcast. Let's wrap this thing up. Thanks for uh, dealing with this one. All right. Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your emails. Yep. Like us on Facebook. Check it out, folks. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you soon. See you.